The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. I'm Rachel True. And I'm Trent Venegas. And you're listening to Quoting Gene Roddenberry. The 100-day podcast that celebrates what would have been the 100th birthday of the man that created Star Trek. Each day between now and the end of our podcast. August 19th. One of Star Trek's biggest icons. Or celebrity fans. Or both. We'll be quoting Gene Roddenberry. Then we're going to take a deep dive into why we think this sci-fi legend still has a lot to say to the world. Today's quote is read by the celebrated actress Joan Chen. I should say, if I have any overall philosophy, it's a reverence for all living things and a great optimism about mankind. All right, so we want to welcome back our guest, Mary Chifo, who's been so fabulous all week. I just want to say, I kind of think that um, humanity is Gene's religion in a sense, right? We know know he was Mm -hmm. an atheist, agnostic, whatever he was, but I'm looking at this and I'm like, he really... He really has a lot of hope in mankind. Mm -hmm. And as this quote says, a reverence for living. But the other thing I love about Gene and shows in general is there's also an irreverence in the sense of humor. You know, there is always so much humor Mm -hmm. in the shows, even Mm -hmm. within the Shakespearean scenarios that are going on. (laughs) There's humor. So there's irreverence, Mm -hmm. but also a reverence. And I I just, again, because I don't eat meat and stuff like that, I want to throw in, like, I love it's for living things, right? Not just man, for all living things, because I feel like everything has a soul, right? So so then uh, isn't it all, isn't it all part of a whole? What do you think, Mary and Trent? Well, first I want to say I am, yeah, I'm a, I'm a vegan. I'm not a meat eater. Um, again, the more, the more I learn about you, the more I know that we're going to have a, a, a big tarot vegan party and it's going to be great. I can't wait. But I agree. I love the resonance of this being of all living things and, you know, including to our respect for nature. Mm-hmm. I'm a huge, also, uh, I'm a fan of uh, the Studio Ghibli films. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of Miyazaki's themes are very much about, you know, our relationship, industry versus nature. And when we respect and when we don't. And uh, I think a lot of those themes that I love from there are, again, in my favorite Trek episodes as well. And I do think, yeah, the respect that we have for anything living. Mm-hmm. And again, I, I, maybe I'm anthropomorphizing too many things, but I see the energy of, of most living things. With animals, I often feel that, like my dog right now, Addie, who's this little Chawa Terrier, little, I mean, she is a, Cat, but cat, what do I say? Cat, bat, bear, bug, muddy, monkey, gremlin. Uh, like she's just everything. And um, she is so clearly my child. But uh, I think about the fact that I have a, such a deep relationship with her, but we've never spoken words to each mm-hmm. other. Um, mm-hmm. she, but we communicate on a different level that there's so much to learn from a creature and that we can have these these deep connections in different ways. And again, we see that in various ways on, you know, Star Trek episodes, whether it is a species that doesn't, you know, speak English or, you know, there, there's so many great uh, episodes that deal with communication. Mm-hmm. I mean, practically all of them, but some really, really, you know, dive in. And I love knowing that Gene was 
someone who and the, the Roddenberry clan is is a uh, animal activist group, mm -hmm. uh, which makes me love them even more. Also, I think it, it comes to respect of life, because if you start to create a hierarchy, you're innately, you know, again, you're creating superiority yeah. and mm -hmm. you're suddenly saying, no, we're we're the we're the best. We, we, we know everything. We figured it out as opposed to being huh, interesting. So they can't communicate the way we do. Maybe we should learn a little bit from them mm -hmm. that like by by just looking into someone's eyes, we might learn a lot more. Mm -hmm. And um, again, that's my relationship with animals, certainly. And But it's almost like the animals could be the aliens here, right? When yes. we look at an octopus mm -hmm. or we look at your dog or we look at whatever. Mm -hmm. I mean, again, I look at an octopus and I do think, well, that is an alien. Mm -hmm. It's not, not yes. an alien. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Trent, what do you think about this quote? The two things that stuck out to me are... Uh, reverence and optimism. And if it's the thing that we do get here all the time from many of Gene's quotes is the optimism, the belief, yeah. his, his absolute belief that humankind can mature beyond our, you know, our petty squabbles that we have here on earth. Because if we don't, he also said, the future is not worth a damn. If we don't have our humor and our humanity, the future is not going to be worth a damn. So he always had the optimism that we would get there. And he charted this whole future universe. And others have taken up the baton and run with it. And that universe has grown and grown and grown. Uh, I say it all the time. It resonates kind of like the, the myths of the Greeks and the Romans did. You know, mm -hmm. these are new modern myths and they will outlive us all. Well, and I also think um, this, for some reason, this quote reminds me a little of Douglas Adams, like the Hitchhiker's mm -hmm. Guide, because in that, right, though, in the, the, the whale falling and, and the mice, I don't want to ruin the plot, y'all, but, <laughs> <laughs> but the mice have, have something to say, you know, and mm -hmm. um, it just reminds me of that because it's all life, right? It's not, we, mm -hmm. we use them as test subjects yep. here. And yep. yet what right. if they were the overlords who were finally like, yeah, we've been around long enough to know you people are doomed, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. then to what Trent said, I do love the optimism because I'm a New Yorker, right? I can be pretty cynical at times. Uh, but I've converted that as I get older, more to stoicism, frankly, like less cynicism and more a little stoic about things. Mm -hmm. But optimism requires you to be invested, Right. It's not a stoic kind of thing. You actually have to give of your energy mm. and your spirit to be optimistic, you know, and that's a lovely through line to these shows. Absolutely. You know, it's funny. I, I actually just I tend to when it comes to things I tweet, I like being on Twitter. I like, you know, amplifying voices and, and saying various things. But every once in a while, I'll be meditating on a thought and just like put it out there. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't I don't need people to respond to it. But I just um, recently was thinking about that th what holds me back is not my fear of being wrong, but fear of being right. And <laughs> like, but not in like the, haha, I know more, but in the sense of standing in my absolute truth, yeah. the optimism, mm -hmm. like of enthusiasm. And obviously I'm a very enthusiastic person and something that I felt was very embraced by the Trek community with my participation in the show and at conventions. Like I'm notorious for, oh yeah, Mary's here. She's the, you know, enthusiastic <laughs> geek that's going to like dance Wait, but till, Mary, till midnight Mary, with us. Sorry to interrupt, can I just say that's the way you should be. I do conventions too. And you know what? Yeah. It is a two minute play for the person. It is mm -hmm. a comedian right. del arte piece of energy you are giving. That person paid yes. money to 
get in there. Mm -hmm. So I'm glad because I've seen people sit at those tables and barely Mm -hmm. look up or acknowledge them. And my thing is, we wouldn't be here if they didn't still love the the shows and the Mm -hmm. movies. Absolutely. I just, yeah, I completely agree. It's like, this is why this is, it's just a celebration. There's like nothing to be mad about here. It's just, it's just why not be present? And, but the vulnerability of that, the vulnerability of enthusiasm and optimism. And again, why I think I was meditating on that thought uh, and then kind of kept expanding upon it. And the idea, the fear of not failure, but failure of success, like whatever you define that as not in a superficial way, but in like, oh, what if I just stepped into myself? Mm -hmm. What if I did just tell people who I was truly? And it's scary because you don't know if you will be accepted mm-hmm. by everyone. You won't. But the importance <laughs> is, yeah, exactly. Knowing that, of course, you not won't. everyone, yeah. but the right people will see what you're about and they'll want to champion it. They'll want to celebrate it. They'll want to, you know, collaborate, whatever it is, whatever circumstance it may be. And I have been lucky that through me, you know, again, ups and downs and all arounds. I'm also, I'm six feet tall. And so that's what have been one of my things is being <laughs> a big lady with big energy. And the, even though, again, I was very encouraged from a young age to be myself, there were still things and particularly like that shift from coming from high school and being at Juilliard, my voice and speech teachers and my movement teachers would be like, you're apologizing. Even though I stood in, I, you know, I was not like, you know, I, I knew how to own my power, certainly on stage. Mm-hmm. In real life, that was where I really got tripped up because mm-hmm. I would say a smart thing and then say, well, I don't know. Or, uh, you know, but I would just as find women, ways. we were taught that, though. As women, yes, and I don't know about yeah. men or gay men, but I know women were taught to, I'm going to say something and I'm going to apologize. In yeah. fact, and this yep. is an odd thing, but I know from my own experiences with acting, I kind of dulled my own sexuality because it made white actresses I was around uncomfortable. And that sounds like a Mm. weird thing, but Mm. what I'm saying is they'd say, why are you being so sexy in this Mm. scene? And I'm like, I'm just being. (laughs) Yes. And then I really, and then, because I was always the friend, not the lead. So then I would kind of tone down my energy Mm. so that they felt more comfortable. And those days they're gone. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I that's to be celebrated and, and shouted from the rooftops because I absolutely, again, it's just... If we stand in our own power, then everyone else should. It's like we shouldn't yes. rescind our light mm-hmm. for the sake of other people's comfortability. You know, again, like we're we're sensitive people. Like I, I know from talking with you both that like we're not gonna bulldoze our way through everything. We're going to come in with the energy and power we have mm-hmm. as an offering, mm-hmm. as as a way to to see, not as a means to just be rude and mean. Like I think people who aren't as comfortability with shining their light will find ways to make you feel bad for mm-hmm. being all that you are. Mm-hmm. And if they, if it's not their vocabulary, then they're going to be like, wait, why are you doing it that way? Instead of being like, oh, that's interesting. You, you right. shine your light differently Instead than I do. Instead of being threatened by it, finding yeah. it intriguing. Yeah. Yeah. And Mary, I just want to throw out there, like I'm five, three people always think I'm taller on screen, but I'm five, three. <laughs> and I always say like, listen, not everyone can be a fabulous Amazon like you. I always wanted to be that, but not everyone can be mm-hmm. a little fairy pixie. Like, me there's definitely beauties to both you know mm-hmm. and yes. I get and, and like I get the sense Mary isn't what I've had so many tall people be kind of you know tall people can be assholes to short people sometimes <laughs> you know what I'm talking about Mary yeah. I know you've seen it and it's yeah. always so disconcerting to me because I'm like that's a genetic mm-hmm. thing it's mm-hmm. genetics yeah. that made you your height. Mm-hmm. It has nothing to do with your person, your Mm-mm. your particular, you know. Anyway, uh, yeah. I, I want to yeah. ask you guys, what is, do you guys have a personal, like this one says, if I have any overall philosophy, it's reverence for living things. Do you guys have a personal philosophy? 
that you kind of live by, Trent? I don't know that I have a hard, fast one that I live by, but it's 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 not hard to see things that you see uh, shown in in Star Trek and, and from these quotes about being optimistic, because as I mentioned before, like I try to be optimistic every day. And when I had my blog, it was a very successful business for very many years. And I was thankful every single day. And even on the bad days, even when I didn't want to do it, even when I'd much rather be sleeping in, I was still so thankful uh, for for the gift of being able to do it. And I felt like that optimism kind of fed into that. Aww. So you know, I try. I try to have optimism <laughs> as my philosophy. It's also OK if people have a bum day, right? Because mm-hmm. I'm big with energy, oh, yeah. with energy, frequency, vibration. And yeah, people like, so you're always happy? No, I'm fucking not always mm-hmm. happy at all. I'm stressed out at times. I'm sad. I'm all these things. I just let myself feel them. You know, and to to get back to happy. Do you have a philosophy? Yeah. What's your personal philosophy? Funnily enough, I'm going to reference something that I remember writing down early on in filming uh, Discovery. It's written on a piece of hotel uh, like pad mm-hmm. or something. It's it's somewhere out in my desk, but I and I took a picture of it and posted it. But I made a checklist. I call it the artist checklist. Mm-hmm. And when I did post it, a lot of people were like, "Well, this isn't just for artists." And I was like, "Well, I define everyone as an artist. Mm-hmm. Like I, I think that we are all artists in our own work. Like that's that's the goal is that we can reach that level of of flow uh, that we are, you know, artistically doing whatever we're doing. So. The checklist, as I recall, I was just scribbling down. And I think this is it's uh, show up, do the work, don't apologize for your enthusiasm and be of service. Oh, I like that you rounded out on be Mm -hmm. of service. Mm -hmm. That is really profound, actually. You know, I think I'm going to adopt your philosophy now. That's a good Great. one. Cool. I'll try and I'll, I'll send the actual I'm, I'm, I, I might have slightly misquoted myself, but again, I'm, I'm misquoting myself. But <laughs> to me, yeah. And I'm glad you pointed out that be of service, because, again, in in my journey through Trek, my journey that got me to Trek, all of the various things, uh, projects I did that made someone aware of me that got, you know, whatever casting to be, you know, that all came of me being of service to various projects. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, Obviously, I was. Be, it was projects where I got to work on my craft and play awesome characters. But you know, I. It was the journey of being of service, and again with Laurel and the Klingons, I wanted to be of service to the species. I wanted to know everything I could so that I could pay do you know my proper reverence mm-hmm. to what had come before. Mm-hmm. And of course, that ended up making me look good because I was confident in my performance, and I I had I was. I created a full character, but it was because I wanted this Klingon character to be all that she could be. Mary, I'm not sure you're narcissistic enough to be an actor, but okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're no tra- actors are notoriously self-involved. That's why I said yeah. that. Not, But certainly not all no, actors, yeah. you know, at all. Mm-hmm. And most of us, as we grow, we kind of grow out of that self-centeredness, hopefully, mm-hmm. as performers. I also love what Mary said that everyone's an artist. I agree. It doesn't matter mm-hmm. what you are doing. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter your job. There's artistic sense of pride in your work. And that is a beautiful experience. All right, you guys, we could talk forever, but we got to wrap it up. Uh, I was going to say the one last thing I want to say, we have talked a lot about Gene's uh, optimism about mankind and now about his reverence for living things. And we've seen aliens and we've seen all kinds of crazy creatures in Star Trek's uh, future. Uh, But I have to give a shout out to Data's cat Spot 
and Captain <laughs> Archer's dog Porthos because, mm. you know, they, they were there uh, boldly going with our Star Trek friends out into the great white out there. So all yeah. living, th- all, all living things, all yep. living things, yep. man. And even mm-hmm. the and even sometimes I'm like, even the rock that you don't think is sentient. I don't know, man. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know. Yep. Yeah. So yep. anyway. All right. Thank you so much for joining us. We uh, now we really only have one more episode with a fabulous <laughs> Trent. Where do the people go? Please check out the Roddenberry social media accounts on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And please come back to hear us talk with Mary one more time on Quoting Gene Roddenberry. Bye. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Quoting Gene Roddenberry. We'd love to hear your thoughts on today's quote. So tweet us, post us, DM us, whatever. We're at Roddenberry on Twitter and Facebook and at Roddenberry Official on Instagram. Quoting Gene Roddenberry is a Roddenberry podcast hosted by me, Rachel True. And me, Trent Venegas. Producing are Claire Kramer and Kelsey Goldberg with executive producers Trevor Roth and Rod Roddenberry. Engineering and editing are provided by Elizabeth Joy Windham. And special thanks to all those who were kind enough to read a quote and give a voice to Gene Roddenberry's everlasting words. Live long and prosper. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers. But you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.